back. I'm here. Jason Stewart is also here. <laughs> We've already built IRL uh, this beautiful rainy morning in Los Angeles. Just a quick, uh, you know, TV meeting over here in beautiful Hollywood. Yeah, it was cool. I was hanging out in Hollywood. <laughs> I drove 45 minutes in a ice rainstorm. Pulled up to a macchiato that was much smaller than I was hoping it was going to be. It was a dainty little thing, but uh, I'm back and home, safe and sound. The sun's even coming out. I'm feeling good. How are you, Chris? I'm a little hungover from last night. And the meeting that we had today, there was a great story about a wedding and an elephant. Yeah, we can get into all. I mean, so last night, uh, Jason and I were able to link with friends of the show, um, local sandwich and graffiti legend Uncle Polly and Al Wilmot, proprietor of, of uh, known watering hole Gigi's. Uh, for a big night out on the town at a a restaurant that I don't know about you, Jason, but I didn't I didn't have this on my bingo card. Uh, no, um, I did not. But... I did not, I did not. <laughs> it's not the kind of restaurant that is really into my type of folk. But we went to Catch Steak. I haven't been to the original Catch. You said you, that you liked it, but uh, I have not. But Catch Steak over in Melrose Place. It was definitely one of those uh, ritzy dry ice truffle kind of vibe that's a little over the top and extravagant but everything that we ate was was bomb i was into it the experience was good um the paparazzi did not recognize us unfortunately even though jason had 14 cigarettes outside trying to get noticed um you could pass for an nba player at catch steak <laughs> keep it moving big fellas what they kept telling me <laughs> i kept asking them, like what clear. kind of flash is that huh and you're just trying to you know I, break the ice and they weren't really feeling it at all yeah i had a, i mean we got the full tour of the facility it's, it's, it's a really impressive operation i have to say and the, and the food was great that i will i, I want to talk about that pretzel bread because that's something else right there mm. that's something else mini round pretzels with a, a butter that combined the flavors of mustard <laughs> with the flavor of butter that we you know something two things we recognize independently but when combined it was kind of a it was a a butter I guess it was a whole grain mustard honey butter. Mm -hmm. It was because it, it had it had the sweetness to it as well. That's a naughty little treat. I found myself slathering a little too much, even though I'm trying to keep it whole thirty hashtag. I did have to slurp down one of those tiny pretzels, and it was definitely yummy. Very good. Bomb ass steak, bomb ass waffle fries. <laughs> they they blessed us with a couple 1942 shots just because we're baller. <laughs> the only the only downside I had the Caesar was deconstructed which is which is never yeah but otherwise yummy yummy i understand that uh but yeah i mean i jason i know you're worn out from all the driving um you, you went back and forth to weho <laughs> twice yesterday and i do apologize for that but when we're trying to embark on our hollywood journey mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy that that actually takes place in hollywood wouldn't you say oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying i'm kind of surprised you know because i think for some of us you know for someone like you that has long covid maybe it should happen over zoom but you're like you're kind of venturing out and i know the driving isn't you're great you're coming you at me for long covid chris oh no 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 i don't ha i just i have a lot of problems um do you know how I many of your covid coughs i edit out every episode <laughs> that's from my single that's from my single hestia after dinner uh but yeah i mean it, it doesn't help but i i think that now when you're transversing the los angeles uh area in your um uh certified pre-owned mercedes don't. what are you are you using are you using this time wisely to like collect your thoughts? Are you listening to some of your ambient music? Are you listening to other uh, podcasts? Like, what do you? The answer is yes, dumbass. Okay, so yeah, I'm doing I'm doing all of that. Okay, so you're you're mixing it up between music, podcasts, as well as staring out the window. Yeah, uh, a lot of reflective reflective time. I also you know well, I'll use that time to work on some breathing, some Huberman style dia diaphragmatic breathing. That's that's it's, nice. You know. I might as well work on my obliques and my 12 pack while I'm while I'm driving. Of if course, going to do it, you know. Of course, there's no reason not to. That'd be crazy. Not no to. reason not to. But I've I've really it's it's all just kind of like a mental thing that you can turn on and off. Um, after a while, once you kind of train yourself to do it, where you're like, okay, well, this sucks. I just have to sit in awful traffic, construction everywhere, rain, blah blah blah, bullshit. I can let it ruin my time, or I can just sort of go blank mode and just. Uh, act as if i'm driving in some cool video game or whatever just do a mental thing and then usually i will pass the time by doing a speed run 
just to you know see if I can make beat my personal record or something. So you are treating it like a video game. You're you're speeding. You're risking the lives of other motorists in never, hopes that you never. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I just I, I wanted to make sure because we we went to um we also had a lunch yesterday, a business meeting, uh, <laughs> with a with a friend and and maybe future colleague Jonathan, and he you know he invited us to Shout out to Jonathan. Um, Morrow's at at the uh, Fred Siegel uh, store on mm-hmm. Santa Monica, where they where Vinny Chase would dine. Where Vinny and I've been there before, actually, with with another friend of the show, Harley and Jonathan, and they go. They, these guys grew up in LA. They go here all the time, mm-hmm. and the crowd is one of the most twisted mixes that you can find in Los Angeles, where it's like five albanian murderer drug dealers wearing <laughs> montclair and then and then jesse andrews jesse andrews and then like a 60 year old hollywood executive that's like has one foot in the grave and then some russian prostitutes with a screenwriter it's just really <laughs> yeah the table sitting behind me had they were they were literally signing and filling out a netflix contract the next table over, I took a photo of somebody's quinoa salad, which has now gone viral on my <laughs> yes, in my yes. DMs. I have about a hundred replies to it, mostly from the IBS community asking for a trigger warning next time they see that much quinoa in one place. It was it was a fat it was a fat ass plate of quinoa, but but I. I I wanted to talk about because because you mentioned your whole thirty diet. Obviously, this was a great room. Uh, it was electric, and um, <laughs> uh, but Jason ordered something that we've been talking about on this podcast uh, because he saw it on the menu. And he when he ordered it, he let out one of his signature TJ giggles uh, <laughs> right, right right after he he placed the order. But you you ordered steak and eggs for lunch. That's not why I let out a giggle. Okay. I let out a giggle because I ordered a steak and eggs with the in, in my side was fruit <laughs> fruit <laughs> so i mean i've never had a plate that had banana touching the steak before okay yeah that's a good that was that was maybe a bridge too far even for me that's 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 a good that's a good one that's a good one but but when you think about it it's like you know you, you can eat like a, a veggie sandwich or like an avocado something or you know whatever it is something light but I mean, just a, a small piece of grass-fed steak that's grilled with uh, a couple scrambled eggs and some some bananas and berries. Like, I'll eat that all day long and feel great. So it was a good. No it was a good. It was a good experience. It was a good experience yeah, to have steak and definitely. eggs at lunch. Okay, I just because this is something you know. I ask. I asked the question: Who the fuck orders this? And you ordered it, and it didn't. It seemed a little bit crazy. It did. I, I think the stigma of of steak and eggs being like this fat fat man lumberjack truck driver kind of meal is is sort of old hat nowadays now that you know protein is dope and carbs and stuff are not as dope you know that i think it's like a normal and chill thing to do nowadays okay and maybe the healthiest option you can have and while we were in west hollywood we also we went to community goods the new um, maru killer um <laughs> over here in in weho and jason you you tried this this drink they have there that's off menu that's a combination of matcha espresso what did he say it was called a joe's special i think somebody else called it a volcano i, I don't i don't know what the name is joe versus the volcano i don't know it, i know it's off menu and it more or less is a matcha latte that also has a shot of espresso in it a little bit of vanilla syrup in there as well which i usually don't dabble in the world of syrups but it's a treat i need it since matcha is so fucking nasty you kind of need it yeah um, matcha is matcha is pretty no offense rocky you didn't invent it you only perfect matcha it. is pretty bad. It's kind of crazy how popular it is. I think people just like it because it's green and it looks cool on Instagram. Like it doesn't actually taste that good, no matter how much oat milk you pour in it. <laughs> like coffee is a, obviously a distinct flavor, but I feel like it. It I don't know matcha. I think matcha is a very challenging flavor. It can be delicious, but the degree of difficulty is is tough compared to you know like chocolate and peanut butter you know like it's just always good yeah 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 no no you're right you're right i i but i this this combination um at community goods it's also i've had it before at this uh, coffee shop in chicago that has a supreme punching bag in it <laughs> for when you want to stare a cause doll straight in the eyes at 5 45 a.m i'm actually I'm, finishing I'm my community to- goods <laughs> here it's swirling around right now it's this shit was so loud that I could not drink it all. I had like one sip and I was like, oh, I need a fucking perk just to mellow out. <laughs> I took it home. Bay took a sip. She's like, this shit is 
fucking smacking and like it's we order it's like a small it's, bro, you can, I drink, between two people we're still nursing that's it. crazy I, I finished that off quick that's one slurp for for big chris this, it ain't nothing to slurp i know um i mean we're aware of your gawk gawk style slurping chris <laughs> that's true it's no secret um it's <laughs> it's no secret but yeah i, I we ha- we've had a lot of uh big adventures and we're gearing up for another how long gone outing on Friday? Yeah, can we talk about it? Sure. I mean, it it, it requires a little more um, dressing effort. It's the W Magazine Best Performances Party uh, at the Chateau Marmont. I don't know. I don't have a confirmed uh, tip sheet. I don't know who's going to be in the building since we're going as guests. I only have one name. Who is that? That was one of the shouts or murmurs that I heard at the watering <laughs> uh, watering hole. The, the, this is going to be, I think this is going to be fun for us, and I'm worried about <laughs> your outfit. Uh-huh. I'm, I just, I know in these situations, um, if left to your own devices, you can get a little experimental. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I just don't, I can't have you go in full Kalina Strada, uh, for this. It's more of a, <laughs> it's, I, I leave your frog, uh, after effects at home, <laughs> but I feel like you, you know, I just want to kind of just get in your head now, try to, try to keep it as trad as you can. Um, just kind of a classic. You look great in a suit. We all know it. It's kind of your stage. Shut the fuck up. It's Shut one, the it's fuck one up. of your. St- try to keep it as trad as possible. I just mean. I just mean. Let's not. This is not a. a, a this is. This isn't an evening for your Yeezys or maybe some other things that I've heard whispers of. I just. I. I don't plan to wear my Yeezys at all, Chris. But also. You know, I I want to look nice and respectful okay. and everything, and you know, to show my love to the W Mag family, mm-hmm. and I don't want Brad Pitt to look at me with disgust. Okay. But also, I ha- I have to be me. I know you're. <laughs> that I have to be look, un- unapologetically. No, I, TJ. I know you have to be unapologetically, unapologetically TJ, and I I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just but you, know, you, I don't you love know. that for me, but you don't love that for us is what it sounds like i just don't know yeah i just don't know who's going to be there who we're going to meet you know what i mean i don't want to embarrass embarrass our hostess sarah you know i just want to make sure that that things are kind of buttoned up right 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 uh, well i mean it's not it's not like i'm gonna wear a fucking mad happy tie-dye hoodie and <laughs> you know like i'm gonna you're I'm right. gonna be dressed i no uh, that's true you're always dressed i and that's what i love about you and as uh, i as i told you guys earlier and you guys meaning every person in my life apparently because uh i've already had this conversation a lot you know i'm not i'm not married to my look and if if i do believe that it's not going to work mm-hmm. then i'm i'm absolutely okay with pulling the uh, abort switch mm-hmm. and moving on to a more trad look okay good good to that being said do you have your trad look worked out chris i'm picking it up from the dry cleaners um do you have your white shirt and black suit and black shoes worked out i don't wear black suits really but thank you for asking we do have a guest today uh friend this motherfucker uh, uh, i'm more of a navy guy uh our our friend of a show a a friend of the show uh michael haney um he's he's uh a writer at large at the wonderful Air, Airmail Weekly Corporation. Is he a writer and an editor and a yeah? He's a deputy editor. I want to know what the fuck that means. You we'll, know? we'll we'll figure we'll figure it out. Um, he was also uh, he was at GQ for a long time in the original Great in Vehicle Spy Magazine, the legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a great book called After Visiting Friends: A Son's Story, uh, and he's also flexing on us hard today, coming to us live from Roma. Uh, so we can we can John Michael we can find out how much pasta he's had just today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's give Haney a zoom and see how our Roman Wi-Fi is working. Yeah, I recorded in this thing called Audio Hijack. Do you know it? I do know what that is. Actually, I'm old enough to know what Audio Hijack is. What is? Hold on, Michael. What is Audio Hijack? Because I'm not from. Fami- I'm know. not. It's what- I'm not familiar. It's what my producer tells me to use, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, How Michael, old is your, Michael is, Haney. Is okay, your, let's. I think that's a good place to start off the show. You immediately said the word bro, which I don't think is a thing that comes out of your mouth on podcasts too often. <laughs> Am I correct in, that, in saying that? No, it's like I can't say bro. I, can't, I don't say dude. You've had to edit. you. The, 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 the freaks over at Airmail kind of police your language, and you've had to kind of tone down. And You're sound able a- to let your hair down with a couple of fellas like us. <laughs> 
you go into you go into a different club, you talk differently. That's all. Okay. Okay. You know, you're absolutely right, Michael. When I go when I go to the Yale Club, I do act differently. Um, Otherwise, they would kick me out. Michael, how would you describe the club of How Long Gone? Well, I can tell the listeners that um, they they what they don't know is I thought I was supposed to be on this show about a month ago when I was in South Bend, Indiana, of all fucking places, (laughs) and so I just want these guys to know. I, I log in on the Zoom and these guys are chatting away, and I then like Jason's like, "What the f- who, what the fuck is Michael Haney doing here?" <laughs> what is it? And it's like, dude, it's not my problem. Your software can be hacked by any Chinese guy. I can't it. <laughs> so it's like it's like the door was open. I came in. What do you want me to do? And sure. they're like, that, I mean, it was shocking. So all I'm saying is like, you guys better get some, you know, antivirus. I don't know, but because anyone seems can like get on this show all the time. <laughs> so what happened, guys? What happened? Uh, we we do have an open door policy on our Zoom account. Yeah, that is true. What what happened was uh, Michael got the uh, date in, uh, date incorrect and barged in to one of our famous <laughs> How Long Gone intros without mm-hmm. any uh, uh, knowledge on our side, and of course, without warning. Um, Caught us without our knickers on, to be honest. I was like some guy at a, at, at a house party, like, what's in this room? And it's like, there's two people on the That was the vibe. You, you caught two like, people. Whoa, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you caught two people having sex in the, in the How Long it's Gone Two people Zoom. on Spotify just going the fuck out of <laughs> But it was it was it was funny because I told you this uh, via email later, um, and it, it, it in three years of doing this podcast that has never happened one time, which is kind of insane when I think about it because uh, you know we we've had a lot people a lot of uh, guests who aren't as bright as you or maybe experienced, <laughs> so for you to make that error felt poetic. That's a compliment, I guess, but I guess I would say like, oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no it is i think i think what chris is saying we didn't really r- realize that you know because you're a cool calm collected guy who's been around for a minute you've seen it all you've done it all yeah and yeah. usually your type of personality is not one that would get so excited to do how long gone that you will jump on and try to bust into an episode a full month in advance. <laughs> exactly. It seems, yeah, it just seems crazy. That's all. You seem like the type of fellow that could keep it in their pants for a while. That's all. <laughs> you know, I just want to point out, as I, as I noted uh, on this week's episode of uh, Morning Meeting, the airplay, the, the airmail uh, podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it is the 40th anniversary of the release of the Martin Scorsese film uh, about Rupert Pupkin, uh, if you've never seen it, it's about a man who clearly uh, wants to be famous and, you know, takes uh, uh, Jerry Lewis hostage. Have you guys ever seen that? Mm-mm. What's What's it called? Uh, hold on. I don't even know who Pupkin is. I've only seen Paul Blart, Mall Cop. <laughs> uh, I think Marty did that one, too. <laughs> oh, are you talking about the King of Comedy? The King of Comedy. Yes, that's the one. 82? 83, yeah. If you want to argue with IMDb, you can be my guest, but it is 1982. Robert Pumpkin is a passionate yet unsuccessful comic who craves nothing more than to be in the spotlight and to achieve this, he stalks and kidnaps his idol, Jerry Lewis. What a great... See? I've never seen it. I'm Maybe I have seen it. And this is... Who knows? This is, this is De Niro before he goes all crappy, right? So you got to... He's coming right off of Taxi Driver, blah, blah, blah. Before he goes... Yeah, so he had already done Raging Bull, Mean Streets, Taxi exactly. Driver. He already had the big ones out of the... Yeah, and you know, well, you know, he did Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino afterwards. But yeah. my point is, I am not shifty. I I got so nervous for that show. You made me take a Xanax. I wasted a Xanax <laughs> that day to get on the show. <laughs> I wasted a fucking Xanax. Damn. I wasted a Xanax on you, bro. I've always wanted somebody to say <laughs> no, that to me. I mean, Michael, <laughs> look, I mean, I, I I feel like you were coming to us that day when you uh, barged in from South Bend at your alma mater, Notre Dame, and I feel like maybe the Xanax was because you were feeling some, you know, you, th- that can bring up intense feelings being back in college like that, and I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what you were like in college, but I, I felt, I, I, I assume there's some... There's there's some maturity that's happened since. I feel like I'm I'm feeling like being led into a minefield, but yeah, there's been some maturity happening. Unless you unless you're going to bring up some a dossier on me right now. No, right? no, no, no. We don't we don't do that. We're not that kind of we're not that kind of podcast. We but, don't even know what the word dossier means. What uh what position did you play at Notre Dame? <laughs> <laughs> left out. <laughs> left out. 
Wow, that's the best answer. I've... Damn. You are good. He's a surgeon. Well done. But I, I do two shows a night here, guys. Really, come back anytime. I got, you, you'll love the yeah, material. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's, it's, it's nice to dance with the pro. The Notre Dame thing is interesting to me because I, I feel like it's such like a beautiful campus and so historic and there's such like a nice history there. Um, and is it... Is it a fun place to go to school, or is it more like... Uh... Not when I was there. I don't know. The reason I was at Notre Dame, actually, was because, uh, you know, small fun fact, Tom Brown went to Notre Dame. He was a class behind me. That's right. I went to Notre Dame, and they're now teaching a class about Tom Brown there, and, and <laughs> as part of this, yeah, um, they asked me to come in and do an interview with Tom, and then do, uh, uh, Tommy asked me, come, I want you to interview me and then come speak to the class. And then we're going back again in April and doing another interview. So I'll just say this. When Tom Brown and I were there, there was no people like us coming to talk there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's branch. And mm-hmm. do you think that this is going to kind of lead to a class about you? Is that kind of the hope? <laughs> or are you just happy to be happy to be involved? Yeah, I, I hope that it there. I was just thinking they're going to name the football stadium after me or something. Like that, that that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Haney, it crypto.com uh, doesn't roll <laughs> exactly. off the tongue quite as well as Haney. Yeah, exactly. I, it does. I mean, it does. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't. I like the idea of a, a Notre Dame student complaining to his friend, like, oh, I got a big test in Tom Brown tomorrow. I can't go out tonight. I'm sorry, guys. Dude, dude I know the game is on, but like, I've got fucking tailoring tomorrow. It's fucking killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're. You're from Chicago, so Indiana's a, a quick jump. But I've learned to love um, Chicago, actually. What do you love about it? I'd like to know that, too. Well, it's just one of those places that I'd never really had, like, a friend there. And then... Um, <laughs> oh, bro, come here. Bring it in. <laughs> come here. Get you some. Come here. Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey. Uh, Jason hey. and I... J- hey, it's me. <laughs> Jason and I uh, have... I have a friend, uh, Ben Edgar, who's from there. I just feel like once I finally, you know, got taken to some spots, had some reasons to be there. You know, what, what Chris means to say is as soon as he discovered the polo lounge lunch, then he was like, okay, I can get behind Chicago now. Okay, that that's true. The best part about Chicago is the Ralph Lauren restaurant, um, and it's, uh, it's always busy with that perfect white-haired kind of well-heeled crowd i'm sure you've spent some lunch hours there you know i'm booth one but yeah i, mean, I, would, I don't like to brag about it danny sure. glover and i have a standing lunch there of course but yeah <laughs> it's a great it's a great it's one of my favorite things about i guess i just didn't expect it to be there and i discovered that years ago when i would go for work and i would go alone yeah um and now i get to go with friends and sometimes they even pay for the meal so it's it's kind of warmed my heart so um to, to Chicago, but I don't know. Jason and I, we, we did a show there. I don't know. I've just come around on it a little bit, which is surprising to me as well. Jason, you don't feel the same way? No, no. I've definitely come around on it as well, but they got it's an uphill battle. So, you know, progress has been made, but we're still not out of the woods yet as it pertains to Chi-Town. But I did want to get back to Xanax. Uh, a follow-up question. Do you have any more? <laughs> yeah, I got some more. Okay. Is this prescribed or is this recreational or a little somewhere in the between? It's prescribed. Okay. I just take a little, you know, like when I get, like, I was nervous coming on this show. You guys are. Yeah. You know. But I mean, the thought, I mean, I, and I don't want to make you nervous. I want, I know that this is a, it can be a little intimidating for a first timer, but it's nothing but love over here, Haney. But the thought of me, I mean, I love Xanax, but the thought of me taking one before recording a podcast episode <laughs> almost gives me more anxiety because my brain is going to maybe go bye bye a little bit. Yeah. But see, you know what? Like, I, when I was at GQ, I used to have to go on, on Morning Joe once a month and talk about the issue, right? And again, to go back to like Rupert Pupkin and, and uh, th- those kinds of things. Have you ever done live TV? I, no, actually, I haven't. No, no, no. I, I mean, maybe a little TRL or something. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, that's true. I've been on TRL, but I wasn't the guest. I was just standing there as as uh, he was as, doing bumps in the bathroom while live TV happened. Yeah, I was uh, exactly. But no, please tell us. Please, what it, I, I would like to hear well, about then, this. So though. this is the thing: is 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 um, it, 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 uh, my second movie reference I'm going to make tonight is Annie Hall. Uh, remember the remember the scene where Christopher Walken says, like, you know, I just want him driving in the car, and I think I want to turn it into traffic. Um, mm. it's when you're, when you're on a live, like, and I, yeah, I'd be on morning Joe and then like, you're sitting there and talking, they, they're coming out of commercial and we're live in five, four, three, Michael ready. And then the camera comes on. Right. And there's that split second where you think I could say anything I want right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I could say anything I want right now. And like, as meanwhile, then 
Joe Scarborough's talking. He says, oh, Michael, tell us about, like, you know, you got, uh, you got Christian Bale on the new cover of the issue, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't talk like a 1950s DJ, but anyway. <laughs> and, and he says, so, oh, Michael. And then Mika's over there, you know, adjusting her lipstick and all this. And you're, so you're, you're, and then you're thinking, like, I could just say anything, but you don't. But you, but you have two thoughts in your head going on. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't as nervous on that. You could, you could just yell out, George Bush doesn't care about black people on live TV or something. <laughs> I mean, like live that. TV exactly is ner- is is nerve wracking, and I'm imagining like, what did you? What's the outfit choosing like for that? Because you want to come off as you know, you're the boss. You know, you're explaining everything, but you also want to look you know cool and feel comfortable. So, did you kind of stick to a, a, a suit like uniform, or did you try to get experimental sometimes? Uh, you know what Chalamet wore when he wore the bib? Yes, exactly. Yes, I yeah. tried to get that but it didn't exist yet. Okay, so you so, you were looking for something that didn't exist, so you kind of just stuck to a, a, a coat and tie. I, I built a time machine, but I didn't get that. Uh, no, I, I stuck to the, 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 you know, the suited look. That was back in the suited and booted days. You know, now, you know, you'd have to project a little bit different, I think. But um, but on the other hand, you got to stay in your lane too, right? No, I... I it's like... Yeah, you, of course. You guys have your look. If you were going on there, you wouldn't adjust anything you'd be like this is this is this is the brand we have to be unapologetically us as we said in the intro we were talking about this in the intro because we're going to the w magazine best performances party on friday Uh, it's going to be a heavy room and just jason sometimes likes to get experimental with his dressing and i just don't know if this is the time for it and he was bucking back at me saying that he has to be him are we we talking (laughs) k-i-l-t No, no, no. He, absolutely not. We actually almost got Jason in a Tom Brown kilt for the San Francisco store opening, but it just it just didn't fit. I'm a little hippier than you'd assume. Like what? Because he he had to strap it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Jason, you were ready to do it. That's what I like about it. You were ready to do it. Uh, it just didn't work for you. You were you were going to commit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was. I'll try anything once in the in the world of fashion. But the look that I have planned, I don't want to give it away. But it's it's basically like a it's a simple black suit but it'll have uh it'll have a t-shirt on underneath it that might be a little i wouldn't say controversial but maybe a little unusual in that situation how do you how do you feel about wearing uh wearing a t-shirt underneath the suit michael i I can't do it because i have a i i believe my neck looks like a chicken and so i always have to have a okay but if you can rock it you should do it okay but i what is it is it is it got some like bad uh, language on it? No, no like, bad oh, language. No, 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 nothing. You know, nothing problematic or offensive whatsoever. Just something that could be seen as maybe, like Jason is able to pull things off that shock me uh, often, and it's something I, I um, really respect about him. This is just something that could be seen as ironic or not ironic, depending on the viewer. <laughs> um, so it's it's a it's a it's a gamble. You know, it's a gamble. But in my opinion, why why do I pander? Yeah, people who don't get it, why why bother pandering to them? The whole point is to exclude them. The whole point is what to include them? To ex- exclude people who don't understand. That's the whole point yeah. of of dressing. No, why do you want to dress for some stranger? That's true. No, it's true. From Michael's mouth to God's ears, that it's done. When did you start? When did you stop liking your neck? Was this early? Have you always? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just I, always think I'm like I got so I I. I have a few rule. One of my rules, like I never wear a shirt without a, a collar. Okay. Never. No. Okay. You you feel nude without a collar. Yeah, I feel um I feel like a ninety eight pound winkling weakling without a collar. Would you go down to the go down to the curb and pick up your newspaper no. in a non collared shirt in the morning? Like if I got no, I got I got to dress. I, I I have to be dressed to leave the house. I I love this. I you know this is something that I they don't make them like you no more. That's the thing. I have a few friends that operate like this, and it, and it's um it's it's really something that is that requires dedication and i am deeply envious of it because i think it it really i don't know just demands respect you know yeah it's it's an interesting trait because it's it's like neither masculine nor feminine it's not gay or straight it's just like a certain type of person that has that internal discipline or whatever that vigilance of how they look and i don't know if it's rooted in fear of of the chicken neck if everyone who's like that has their own chicken neck scenario that they're hiding behind? It's bigger than the chicken neck. I think it's more <laughs> of like, I, you know, to me, it's just like, I just can't imagine leaving the house and not looking dressed. And I, I, I have nothing against people yeah. who do, but like, I would just feel like I look like uh, an escape mental patient or yeah. something, you know? And so, uh, and I, I, I think it's also like, you, you just got to like 
represent. You know, not I'm not saying in a snobby way, just like, you know, you can dress, you get dressed up, you, you get dressed anywhere, and it doesn't take that much effort, and put some put 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 some out in the world. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand people walking down to Cinderella at eight oh one in the morning. <laughs> And they got slippers and you know sweatpants and. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't live I don't live near you because you would catch me stumbling out through Soho in maybe some um, shorts with loafers, you know, and a ratty t-shirt. So hot, but you look good. Oh. Well, thank you, thank you, Michael. But I, I I think there's a line of like pajama pants and robe. You know, that's that feels too far, whereas a lot of things do I mean Jason um Jason puts on some crazy outfits for his dog walks and I believe they work as well because of the when you put them in context, you know? That that's a helpful thing for him. One one thing I've noticed as a person who's graduated into somebody who dresses like an adult, um once once the the train starts rolling, you kinda have to keep perpetually doing it. Like once you pull off a few fully put together executed layered looks that look well and you feel good and you get that high from it you kind of have to keep going you can't really hop off the train and go back to sweatpants and one of chris's mad happy tees or something <laughs> you got to keep it's like a it's like a weird thing that you got to keep going or else uh you know you got to keep spinning that fashion plate i guess train kept it rolling all night long yeah <laughs> you know there was did you ever know this guy vincent gigante no, he was a, he was he was a mobster here in, in in there in New York City. Uh, okay, ultimately known as the Chin or the Odd Father, O D D Father, mm. uh, and and he um, he was a, uh, one of the crime bosses in the seventies and eighties. But he, in order to he he walked around the village in uh, pajama and robe every day, and he did this. The, the feds claimed to make them think that he was mentally ill right oh. and then he could not be arrested oh so, okay okay so jason if that's the case then jason's definitely tried this method before <laughs> based on some of his based on some of his outfits that's really interesting okay well i mean i'm not i i definitely have pleading insanity in in my future at some point once i hit a brush with the law <laughs> and i think i can kind of pull it off too well that'll that, that'll probably involve not wearing pants but that'll be different. done and done okay it's the Ron Jeremy defense. <laughs> what are you doing in in Rome, by the way? He's an artiste. I am finishing a, 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 a writer in residence uh, at the American Academy in Rome. Here, it's a oh amazing. It's it's I know fancy pants. Uh, it's 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 this um, wonderful place in Rome where they if you can, artists, writers, scholars can come and you can get time here. And um, I've been working on. Uh, some writing, a, a, a book, and, and uh, other things, and uh, so they gave me uh, 30, uh, t- uh, 30 days, and it's been fantastic. So you're living in a Woody Allen movie right now, is what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, a little Woody Allen, little Wes Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's and, and uh, it's but it's it's great. It's 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 also what's fascinating about it is like I'm here is like and a lot of these people, are academics, like I guess having my coffee every morning with this guy who literally is a medievalist as he studied and he's like his, his specialty is third century christianity mm. and <laughs> and yet like i'm like tell me more like i can't this is let's let's talk let's and it's yeah of course so in a situation like this um what do you wear no, no, no. I, I, I can imagine what you're wearing, uh, not to be weird. But I, I guess I, I'm saying I'm saying like in these situations, I've always been interested in these in these retreats and how much kind of like interaction you're getting with the fellow, you know, the, the fellow inhabitants or if it's more like a little bit of a solitude journey. And it sounds like it's a great uh, question. Both. And that's a per- it's perfect here because the reason I, I uh, came here was you have a lunch and dinner with uh, your the other uh, residents here, and they make you this. They've got a Alice Waters created menu and kitchen, oh. and so you get a great. The fuck. So you don't have to worry about your men your meals. You, you then you sit with great people, have you know interesting conversations, and then um, so you've got that all taken care of. And then like in the afternoon when you're sort of like can't work anymore, you can just wander into Rome. So it's it's. Unlike those places like McDowell or something where you're just sitting in the woods and becoming the shining part five uh, and or, you know, choosing to 
leave your wife for some 25 year old this is much more um okay so is and you said this is a part of the american it's called the american academy in rome okay so leave leave it to the american academy in rome to bring alice waters in to make the food in in rome well she she planted a sustainable garden that was her her big uh, contribution so i'm sure she did okay well i mean it was more of like a a place where food is is independently thriving if not excelling compared to the rest of exactly. the world so exactly but also you can only eat so much cacio e pepe every day you just you just toggle back between cacio e pepe and a little spaghetti carbonara and then you're, you're... yeah sure now are you are you venturing off property for any you know maybe an espresso just to change the change the view <laughs> no i do yeah that's that's the great thing again like because if you're in one of those other writers coming like i said i've never been but like you're up in the woods of new hampshire or you're up in the mm-hmm. western massachusetts like what are you gonna do iowa you know walk in the woods and and but here it's like okay it's four o'clock uh done as much as i can you walk over uh sanju stachio and get a, get a coffee and then go look at the pantheon and come back you know so check out some of the cool fountains <laughs> enjoy some mortadella yeah i live in you can be living uh, la vida loco whatever the kids say over here <laughs> have you have you done drugs and gone to the vatican yet because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's cool you should try it oh yeah we're, we're, i mean it's good not on drugs too but you should check out the vatican <laughs> What was your favorite memory? I think it was it was the meticulous attention to detail uh, and just the the whole size and scale of all of it uh, was probably the coolest part for me. Were you on a- were you on acid or what? No, nah, just edible THC. So did you did you see the face of God? Yeah, and he asked me what he asked me for my Venmo. <laughs> he, he gave me a Venmo request over there. <laughs> they they use it in Rome. It's crazy. It's kind of taken off over there. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a religious man, but uh, it was it was it blew me away because I you know when you're when you're traveling, especially with with your life partner, you got to be looking at a bunch of old churches and you know you've seen one, you've seen them all, but then I'm in the Vatican, losing my mind. Like golly, I think I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, when I that's when he converted. And I've been Christian ever since. Is the Catholic now Christian. now? Do you feel like do you feel like this is really helping your progress? And it's like it's working. Um, or is it more just like I'm enjoying this, so I don't really care? No, it's been fantastic. It's it's it's. I mean, it's um, it's four weeks, and actually, I'm leaving tomorrow. So, but but it's oh, it's Michael. been great to have the space to immerse yourself in your work for you know a sustained period of time and not be interrupted. That's the real opportunity you get here, right? And so, whereas rather than carving out two hours a day and you know, but like here, you can mm. sort of like be thinking about it and working on it. And is it? Out on, is it the kind of situation, Michael, where, you know, people talk about vacation like this, where it's something like, well, it takes me a week to actually like unwind, you know, I was just going to say that. And I didn't want to say, cause, but yes, it takes, a, it took me a week to get in the rhythm. Yeah. And then you basically just find your rhythm and then you realize like it's ending soon, but like every trip to Rome, but there's some people who come here for like five, six months and then they're the lucky ones. You're, you're able to kind of focus and get your writing done on this retreat, which is the whole point of it. Do you have uh, a ball and chain back home that you don't have to worry about all that constant nagging while you're trying to create your your creative art? <laughs> um, I refer to her as my lovely wife, Brooke, and uh, <laughs> who uh, uh, I, I am uh, my and, and she's given me like she's like you 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 have to go. She's like I need I need my time too here in in New York City. It's it's good for yep. both of us if you if you kind of head over. Had, now, did, has yeah. she visited or is this truly a solo excursion? Truly solo, and and I I said why don't you come? And she's like you know, for the, she's again much wiser than I am, and she said you're just going to get started. You're just going to find your rhythm, and then I'm going to come and you know and it's like we'll go back as you know we've been there before. We'll be there again. And, and no, that's I mean that's a that's a smart approach. I think that because Jason's been um, doing a lot of writing lately, and I'm really pushing him, and um, I, I think that he's finding the time in in the mornings kind of uh, to to do it early early and get that's the best time to do it what time are you starting jason uh like 6 30 that's good yeah but you know that 45 minutes goes by real quick and then it's done as you know but you've got to this is where this is where i'm going to turn to brother chris where you would say 
just remember, the brain's a muscle, and you just like, you know, you start with 15 minutes in the gym, and the next thing you're up to two hours. It's true. So. It's true. I mean, it's true. But, I mean, yeah. Jason, do you think you could benefit from something like this, or would you would you kind of give in to distraction? No, I think, I mean, of course I'd be distracted by all the Parmigiano-Reggiano, but after <laughs> yes, that's yes. done, then I think I'd be able to. Um, and, Michael, if you are offering me a fellowship over there that is <laughs> awesome and yeah the answer is yes i'll go yeah i uh you know i'm i'm what what see i'm, I'm working on you get, i've got that tom brown class set up so i'm going to get you know a jason stewart class <laughs> set up and you know we're going to study you then that's a good that's a good idea it, it, it only truly really my dream yes yeah, it's, it's there's a there's a lot to unpack it's the there. only subject i'm an expert at i would say but <laughs> in all serious i would say i'm i can't recommend writing in the morning enough because you get up and the brain and, and nothing's polluted your head yet. You haven't looked at emails. Yeah. You, da, 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 you know, you know, it's like you're still close to the the the, the purity of it all. Yeah. I wake up at five a.m. Hour and a half of TikTok and then straight into the writing <laughs> yeah, session. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, clear mind, ready to go. No. Is the now? So you're not a? Are you not a night person? Then you're not like up late. You know, laptop aglow with a nice brandy. No, you no, know, no, in the glass. No, no. Smoking cigs. Why don't you go to bed, Brooke? Don't wait up. <laughs> don't wait up. I'm on a rip. I got a good chapter going here. Uh, uh, no, don't don't drink. So that takes care that, that takes care of that. And then um, no, I, I just I used to be a night guy when I was, uh, but it's I think it's much more. I get up at four thirty, and you know, it's then it's like five to seven, and that, when I'm you got up at four thirty. Yeah. Damn. Are you a swimmer? No, why is there a connection? Oh, yeah, that's, they, that's right. They always go to the early people like that. No. But you said you got up at five. Yeah. You know, those are the extra super psychos. 430. Yeah, I mean, we get up early for sure. And I love it. It's like, I, I absolutely, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, if there's not, if you're not basically uh, doing cocaine or chasing tail, there's no reason to be up past 10 p.m. There's just no, I, there's nothing for me. I'm flossing at nine thirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> dental care. Dental care is more important. I mean, we were at we we had we had a dinner last night. I got home at like eleven, and I'm feeling fucked up today. Yeah, you know, I, I don't feel my best. I don't feel my best. I know. It's just like you know, my grandmother used to say, "Nothing good happens after two in the morning." Like now, I'm like, "Nothing good happens after ten p.m." Like, what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I used to, you know, when I was younger, especially in the music business, and, and Jason could probably relate to this. There was like this kind of like. Uh, way of thinking that was like, yeah, that's when all the good, you know, that's when the networking happens. That's when you're linking and building at the club at one in the morning. And I'm like, nobody, right. I'm linking and building with a key and a bag in the bathroom. I'm not making, <laughs> I'm not making connections for life. You know, I'm not making, no deals are getting I'm done. being used. You're, you're right making now. connections, but you're forgetting them the next day. Yeah, it's like, it's not, that's not really happening in the same way. And you realize that as you get older, you're like, that's, that is a fallacy. That is not true. Uh, and I'm sure there are rare instances where it is, but like overall, that is not what's happening at 1:30 uh, as the as the lights come on. Yeah, it's just I think, not. I, I, it's a great point. I think it's like when you're that age, you're you, you and especially if you get into these creative businesses on the east or west coast, where like whether it's music or publishing or uh, TV film, where you're like, there's always this. You, 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 when you start to read about, it, I'm going to get in that business, like, oh, because it's like you work late in the studio, and then, or you, you work, you're closing the magazine, and then you go out for dinner, and you get home at two in the morning, and yeah. that works for a while. And believe me, I did plenty of that at GQ, but then eventually, like, I don't know, kind of nice to, you know, have dinner done at seven o'clock. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's, it's just sold to us differently. That I mean, I think it's also like that the burning in at both ends thing is not rewarded the way it used to be. No, um, it's, it's changed. I mean, you you worked at magazines in the heyday. What do you think? Of, what do you think's going on now? Like, what do you think's going to actually happen? And what do you actually like? I I I I wish that these businesses could get it together and and uh, you know find a way to not be you know um, held hostage by tech. And I think that's yeah. a very simple way of of looking at it. But you know, I I, I miss the the idea where things were curated into a world and uh and 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 brought together all at once and and i think i what i think is difficult is just how everything is just so fractured so you don't get this um curated world anymore but i don't know what's going to happen i i don't know and, and and the crazy thing is i don't know i know that i hear it all the time 
you can't make a living in it anymore. Yeah, I mean that that makes when things I, difficult. You know, when we were at GQ, you know, you could you could be a a, a writer and you get a contract there and you could live off it. You could be an editor and live off that salary. And and um, you know, that's that's not easy anymore. No, no, I mean that's the truth. I mean, but I also think that like. I mean, I feel like that weeds out some things in a good way, but I do think it 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 yeah overall because I mean we're we're very pro gatekeeping on the show. You don't have to be so mean. You don't have to be so mean about Teen Vogue. What do you mean? You know. What do you mean? Teen Vogue is great. I I love I love that all of, <laughs> yeah. I love that all of the girls that were featured on the back page in their bedrooms uh, went on to be famous and rich. That's what I. That's my fam- That's my favorite part of Teen Vogue. Are you kidding? Yeah. What um are there any? I I guess like I think airmail does a good job at kind of creating that curated world and sure. i think like the yeah the release schedule and like having things come out on like you know saturday mornings and things like that yeah it, it does help create that world that i i haven't seen since i was reading magazines as a youngster you know you know because you've got Graydon, who's you know uh, a genius in that along with his co-editor alexander stanley but like you know a guy who under could figure out how to go into the digital space and like, okay, make this thing that's, you know, a weekly version. The, the, like even the weekly pace doesn't exist anymore, but to, to, it's almost old school to come back and put a weekly out there. Definitely. And it's like, we're not going to tell you everything. We're just going to tell you the right things. And that's also a very smart way to look at it. I think everyone's too much of just like these crazy fire hoses trying to just... The how long gone method. We like to fire hose. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we we're, we're the fire hose approach for yeah. sure. I mean, you worked for Graydon. You worked for Graydon early days yeah. at Spy, mm-hmm. and I think that like, do you think that his approach has has kind of stayed true, and that's why it continues to work? You know, twenty five years later, I think it's 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 the intelligence that stayed the same, and and the ability to um, is is I mean, when I say intelligence, it means so many things about him, but it's about his ability to see. A story, see what a story should be, identify stories that should be done. Um, his, his instincts for um, the culture and 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 also how to cover it and how to make it compelling to readers. I mean, all that. It's it's you know going on, you know, decades of that, and and I think it's it's he's 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 never lost a step in it, and and I think is he's always innovating and and just you know one step ahead of where the competition is and often where the where the um industry is so i think it's mm-hmm. and that sense and that sensibility which you just can't you know when people say sensibility it's it's hard to define unless you can sort of like but i think it's all in the in in the publications that he's done spy van and fair and and now um um do you think there there will be a, a place and a time where like the the general audience of the world where you know their their intelligence level or their interest level or their attention span decreases so much that being one step ahead becomes detrimental to your success like mm. we're being too well thought out and people don't even know that that's a thing that they want or like people don't even understand that building a world can be something that you can enjoy if you take the time to learn it could you repeat the question sir <laughs> I don't fucking remember what I said, bro. No, I, what he's saying is, is there is? Do you think that we could move into a state in society where kind of being ahead is could be detrimental because people are so you know people people don't get it almost, which I think there's a possibility of that, uh, you know, in in some ways. Yeah, I. You're talking about in terms of like cultural coverage and exactly so exactly yeah it gets it gets so um, echo chamber. You, you you can go into these echo chambers and, and think like this is the most important thing to be talking about and realize no one else knows or cares about it. It's it's what the internet is, why everyone loves it because you can find your own hyper niche, right? Yeah, and if and if those um, hyper niche people so deep in are rich enough, then you can have luxury fashion brands give you ad revenue to be able to have that little sustaining fun world to live in. But will that will that go away eventually? Like. To put it simply, will people become so stupid that they don't want this level of, of, of content anymore in the future? You know, I think I think that's 
I, that's the question for the last 25 years or so, but I think <laughs> <laughs> we've been struggling with that since, since big, the beginning of man. It's a fine, it's always been a fine line. There's always going to be some crazy heady, you know, like content that ne- none of us understand that nobody knows about. And you want to walk the line between, you know, the junk food and the, and the intelligence stuff. And that's where you guys are definitely swimming in. Um, but it's good and it's important that you guys do have a little bit of the kind of gossipy junk foodie content. What, where, do, where do you go for your social media or just media in general junk food content? I go so few places now and I, I, because I just, um, I go to you guys because I think- yeah, Fuck I, you, I, man. Come on. No, it's because- <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, and I'm being like, because- 35 45 55 minutes with you guys like you it's like you're getting this sort of um you know these the, the, these these radar signals sent out about this the, the, just the, the 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 name checks that are happening like okay yes i should know about that and you can sort of but i don't there's so much stuff that just i don't have the time for it and i feel like it's all people talking to each other about stuff that doesn't really matter so we um we have been a funnel for people like you to be able to absorb all this information can you believe it's not paywalled yeah <laughs> if you guys are talking about it and i'm not blowing i'm not i'm not i'm not blowing smoke but if you guys are talking about it like okay then it's reached a point where it's it's uh culturally relevant but damn that's a that's that's high that's high praise i appreciate it we appreciate even it. talked about army hammer and you guys talked about him too um chris did you read that the piece on him in airmail yeah of course yeah of course yeah i did not read it but but that doesn't prevent you from talking about it exactly no of course not of course not of course not that's why we're here he's been he he's been at my gym lately too so it's really hitting close to home um but i think that that's like i think that's a great example of of like a place that has leadership that is beholden to no one where it's like if we want to do this and we and we want to take the responsibility and do this right and really report this story whether people like it or not like we have the license to do that where if if you're a, a, a multinational conglomerate there's just going to be too many roadblocks to do something like that and, and take take a little bit of a risk you know in in as far as like what you're willing to cover and talk about yeah and and it, 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 you also need an editor who's going to make a commitment you need the writer who, and, and and invest in writers and, and editors who can create that material because it, those stories are not easy to get they're not easy to, to to get written to get through legal and research and it's 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 a whole mm-hmm. level of yeah for sure you know i i think what's what's been lost in the great hollowing out of magazines is that expertise has just been sent into the wilderness so you don't really have generations learning how to make that stuff anymore and that's that's just that's just a reality no no for sure i mean people that are I don't. I don't think a lot of people that casually follow this stuff or casually read magazines, you know, understand kind of the the level of time and effort that goes into anything that's that reported. Yeah, like it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, like it just sucks. Like it's there's almost no amount of money that makes it worth it. You're doing it because you love it. Yeah, and the commitment to it on every level. And I think that's what you people. And then they say, "How come there's nothing good to read?" How come? And and yet all. The, but and, and then these what you those places all sort of just end up you know now like oh i found this great podcast it's about a true crime story well a true crime story was you know one of six features that you would find in vanity fair or gq every month right but so they've just everyone just kind of sliced off pieces of what magazines used to do and then just made them their own little vertical no you're absolutely i mean you're absolutely right about that i mean i think that i think that I mean, you know, Jason, obviously I talk about podcasting a lot and we've been having all these meetings lately talking about podcasting and blah, blah, blah. And I, I do think that it's, um, it, it has replaced some things in a way where it's like, I, I might rather read some things than hear people tell it to me depending on, mm-hmm. depending on what it is. But most people strictly want to do things the easiest way possible. You know, so if it's, if it's, I have to sit down and read uh, five to 8,000 words or I can listen to it. I'm going to listen to it, you know. And I don't. I don't know if the the message or the entertainment value gets lost in in that or not. But it's just different, you know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Depends on who's reading it. You guys are at the top of your game, so you, you... I think that God bless you. We 
like what we do and it's also pretty open-ended i think that if we were doing a 10-part series on a murder that took place in our hometown um we might not feel feel the same passion but i I also think that like the reason true crime i mean the reason it was always so good in vanity fair is is partly because they would focus on stuff that was sexy you know it was somehow related to hollywood or old money or or like european elegant there's always something that made it it made it feel vanity fair you know and exactly. i think that mm-hmm. that's the beauty back of, in the day it wasn't good enough to just die exactly exactly you had to die and be uh related to a prince you know it's like it was a different <laughs> time it was a different time I, w- I was just thinking back to to my question to you that was you know about are people just getting dumb or whatever but that reminds me you guys just had a recent article or a whole magazine piece called maga or magazines which sort of is the same question that I was answering, you know, like there's two paths to take. Could you explain MAGA or magazines to our, to our listeners? Yeah. MAGA magazine is, is <laughs> M A G, you know, making America great again, magazine. And it was damn right, brother. And it was like, what if we did a mag, what if Donald Trump had a magazine? What would it, what would the stories been that be? Right. Mm-hmm. So you get Ross McDonald, the people illustrated Bruce Handy and, a lot of spy hands to sort of write stuff, and so, you know, you're you're doing it with satire, what um, and and and, and uh, cultural commentary, which I think is a high satire, well executed satire, is also a hard thing for people to do uh, in in print now. Oh yeah, you don't really see that either. Yeah, it's point. it's tough to execute and find an audience for, I guess. But when it's done well, well it's yeah. it's my favorite. I mean, yeah. You've just been doing this a long time. You're a wealth of knowledge, Michael. You know, and I think that that's the well. That, you know, that's why I teach at Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> that's why I teach the Tom Brown PhD program. Um, I, I, but I, I think that the the thing that that a lot of these uh, magazines, particularly, I mean, I think fashion pays the bills, and and you lean into fashion, of course, for those reasons, for sure. But I, I but I mean, I think that's what you're talking about, and and I mean, I subs- I, I was subscribing to Vanity Fair in my early twenties, and not because I was like you know, smart or my parents taught me that it was just like, this is interesting and I don't really get it. You know, I I didn't really understand. Um, so reading it, I felt like I was, I was kind of seeing inside of a world that I shouldn't have access to, Yeah, you know? And I, I think that was the power of that and that coming to my mailbox once a month, there was an anticipation. It's similar to the way that, you know, appointment television is lost now, you know, and it's, it's like there was this anticipation and there was also a little bit of like the, the power of everybody kind of discovering the same thing at once which happens now when a when a you know like the army hammer thing goes online that's all anybody talks about for 48 hours that's a huge story there's there's debate on both sides it's like what you want to happen with something like that comes out um i just think it's a lot more fleeting you know because there's going to be another one the next day yeah it's 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 the pace as well as the um you know the the, the number of you can't even call them outlets right but it just is every every Everyone is an outlet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name of my next club. Everything's everything is copy, and everyone's an outlet. Yeah, and every so everyone's everyone's its own public. Everyone's pu- a publisher, right? So it's, it's true. It's, you know, you how do you break through all that noise? You know, and and uh, and and uh, you know, some stories, the, the few stories do resonate, and then and and that's why I'm bringing it back to you guys because like there's the signal, and then there's the noise, and then there's like everyone talking about all this stuff. Um, you're scrolling through TikTok, like I don't know. It just you, you feel like you're just being standing on a, on the subway platform, and people just keep screaming stuff at you. Versus, <laughs> you sit down with a good friend, have a go, yeah. you know, have lunch, and like they said, do you know about this, 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 and this? Like, no, amazing, great. I you know everything. I just had had a conversation with my smart friend. Yeah. this is what I yeah. want. So, how often? Um, how often do you hang out with people that are considerably younger than you? It sounds like I'm being. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah, don't get this guy in any trouble, Chris. Yeah, no, no, I don't mean like that. No, no, I just, I just mean that that, that I think that the. Why don't uh, you have a seat over there? <laughs> sit down. This is a. This I'm Chris. Just to Black. catch an editor. I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm oh. Chris Black from ABC. That, that might be the uh, best Michael, one ever. <laughs> to, to catch an editor. Uh, I just, I just, I. I just mean more like, you know, do you like, is that like, I, I hang out with people in their, in their mid twenties, friends of mine. And I right. feel like I'm always kind of learning something and, and it goes both ways, you know? Yeah. And, and like, these are, I think 
there's a certain brand of young person that has kind of a respect for what came before. And I think there's another version that doesn't, you know, yeah. and, and I'm just, you know, I, I find that valuable for me. I just wondered if you do stuff like that, oh, no, it, you know, on purpose or not on purpose or not, you know, Yeah, because you're just, it's, it's, if you do what we do, which is your, your, you've gotten into, you've managed to make a living by, because you're curious about the world and you know, you, you want to know what people think and how things happen you know, you're going to naturally, I think, then sort of be make, building a, 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 a circle of friends and, and acquaintances where it's like, these people feed my head, you know? And, and um, so, yeah, no, I've got, fortunately, more than a few. At this point, everyone's young to me, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> it gets easier as you get older to find young people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just as, uh, To find young people you can trust. And also, moving forward, whenever somebody asks me what I do for a living, I'm going to tell them, um, I'm curious about the world. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Yeah. But it is, it's a, it's a certain kind of person. You see this, like, Jason and I have, have a lot of friends who are writers and, and do this stuff for a living, and even talking to them, it's like a, the way they approach it is a little bit differently. Like, they're, they're finding, they, they're, they're very good and very slick at finding things out about you without you realizing it because they're genuinely curious about what you have to say or what you've been through, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know, so it's, it, it, you, you feel that when you're, you know, when you're, when you perk up a little, you understand it, but it is a certain kind of person. And there's a lot of people that go through life that just don't give a shit, <laughs> you know, and it's probably very freeing. It's probably very free. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, I, I think also the, 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 a lot of people go through life. We don't know how to listen. And, uh, that's the difference because it's, they get in a conversation and you realize they don't know how to listen and they don't, and, and, and the so, worst instant boner killer for me when they don't know how to listen, <laughs> the worst, <laughs> Um, I had I had a an uh, an edit editorial question grammatically speaking I guess I'm bad at grammar but go ahead try me when when you're describing certain places it could be a city or a country or whatever but like a specific place let's say Nantucket for example what what does a city have to possess or what does the place or the name have to possess to where you say you you are on Nantucket versus in Nantucket. Mm. I would think on because you're that's an island. I think maybe that's the that's the distinction is that it's an island, so you're on it versus a city, you're in it. But do you have, has anyone ever said I'm on Hawaii? Good point. I think there has to be an air of su- superiority or something going on to it to where you say on, and it only appears with places like that. I think if you really wanted to, to ratchet up the superiority of it, you would say like I'm summering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On Nantucket. on Nantucket, exactly. Let's combine. Sure, sure, sure. Let's let's really and let's really do it all. <laughs> I'm thinking of buying on Nantucket. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I was I was listening to to one of your podcasts a couple from a couple episodes back, and somebody mentioned on Nantucket, and the way that they said it, it had this air of superiority or some some type of signaling to it, and I was like, well, how come some some places usually affluent white people destinations like like nantucket or or uh the hamptons or the cotswolds or whatever it's they kind of would say i'm on that place versus in that place but it's got to be just a fun little aside yeah i'm sure that's a pretty um waspy locution if we look looked into it right yeah it's a little 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 wasp dog whistle (laughs) yeah 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 and it's important to preserve our dog whistles of yore and pass them on to our grandchildren. Yeah, no, totally. Before we wrap up, um, I wanted to maybe have you give Jason a few New York restaurant recommendations that maybe he hasn't been to. Uh, I just feel like you kind of go to some to some places that that maybe haven't hit Jason's radar a little more old school, possibly. So if you mm. if you have anything you want to share, um, well, you've been to Via Carota, right? Yeah, <laughs> I have. Okay, they got a salad that just don't quit. I know it's a piled high, right? <laughs> it is piled high. Oh, it's yeah, piled it's high. A, yeah, I love you. I love you talking about the Veer Crota sound like it's a fucking Carl's Jr. with the works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baby gem as far as the eye can see. Okay, well, Veer Crota is the stratosphere. That's a neighborhood spot for you, I know, but I didn't know if there was anything else, you know, that maybe that maybe something. Yeah, where uptown. where do you get in your four a.m. sandwich? Who's yeah. and I know that you go to bed and you're, you're I know you're flossing by eight thirty, but 
you know, if if that one New Year's Eve night you go out, you stay up till eleven fifteen, you hit the bodega for some hot Cheetos and some Takis. What sandwich? Where where are you going for that? I don't have those places in my neighborhood anymore. They seem to have all gone away. It's mm-hmm. all like you know, juice bars. You gentrified them away. You yeah, you got rid of them. <laughs> yeah, I did. They have they were priced out or something. I don't know. It's so weird. Jason, I, have you been to Jeans yet? Jeans like the the bar club. No, like Jeans. Uh, Jean's the old, hundred-year-old Italian restaurant in my neighborhood. No, I have not. Oh, this is okay. This is piquing my interest. What is? How is Jean's spelled? Is it G E N E S? Yeah, it's not them Jean's. It's okay. My okay. Jeans. <laughs> okay, good, good <laughs> distinction. And he, okay, Jean's Jean's restaurant, seventy-three West Eleventh Street, between Fifth and Sixth Ave. Okay. Yeah, but I'm 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 giving it away, but only like maybe you know, but I I'll take you there. A village tradition since nineteen nineteen. Mamma mia, older than Graydon. Okay, so we need <laughs> we need some. So this is like a classic red sauce joint for Jason to kind of tuck his napkin into his shirt exactly. and dig into some some meatballs. Okay, this is perfect. I need to go get some clams in the village. Exactly. That's where I'm going to. <laughs> I like some. Clams Casino. We'll mm-hmm. we'll set we'll set this uh, <laughs> we'll set this up for next time Jason touches down on the Big Apple because I would like to witness this as well. We'll have a sit down at Jeans, and we'll get this whole thing straightened out. Okay. I'm hoping that you will make me an offer that I can't refuse over a piece of cheesecake <laughs> that was made days or weeks prior. <laughs> Just days or weeks prior. Uh, <laughs> Michael, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure, guys. This has been a dream come true. I, I, life list, <laughs> bucket lesson, whatever they call it. It's big, big now. fan of your work for a v- Where very, do you go from here, Michael? A very long time. Um, and if you guys don't subscribe to Airmail, go do it. If you haven't read Michael's book, it's available everywhere books are sold. Thank you. Um, it sounds like there's a new one in in the works, which we will, we will await. Um, and uh, have a nice uh, last night in Rome. Sorry we cut into your... Aperitivo time. You didn't get it. I just did a highlight of it. So thank you guys. It's been it's it's, it's been a long time. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me. Ciao, Haney. Ah, uh, ciao, <laughs> ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, ciao. ciao. <laughs>